with our intuition, I think we know what's holding us back. And when you hear somebody say something that sits with you and resonates with you, and you're like, oh, that hurt, that's probably the thing. But here's the thing. Look in the mirror. You just have to decide to look in the mirror, and you have to decide in advance. I'm going to find my bottlenecks. You have to decide and then take action. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Let me find Amy here. Hold on. Let me let me do some things. Where's where's our Amy? There's our Amy. What's happening, Amy? Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. This is weird. We've never we've never had Amy on screen with us on the screen before. I know. This is this is different, but I like it. <laughs> Are you guys ready? We're ready to roll. Okay. What is the mathematical equation we would all benefit from knowing to help us understand the delta between where we are versus where we aspire to grow? I have, yeah. I have an idea of who might have asked that. I, I just I have an idea of who might have asked that. Alan, <laughs> go ahead. You, you do that one. Uh, manifestation formula. We have it actually on the NLU team dashboard. Um, let me see if I can pull it up and actually go through it quickly. Kev, talk about don't space even don't even what is got, the mathematical equation we would all benefit from knowing oh my goodness gracious um i would say i think compounding and I, alan i think you would very much benefit from talking about that because i don't know what the hell i'm talking about um but i think that let's do it from a financial sense if you are spending more money than you're making you will probably always be broker than you want to be. If you're saving more money than you're spending, you will have a a lot of money eventually. Like I think that's a simple one that I never learned and I always wondered why I couldn't save any money. Yeah. So there's my two cents. Kevin was really good at making money, but also very good at spending it. So I still good am at making- good at I'm still still good at spending it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. You've practiced. You've practiced. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, okay. So here's the formula. So anyone out there right now, seriously write this down unless you're driving. Okay. Manifestation equals set intention plus pay attention plus strategize plus take action plus learn from it plus consistency. Kevin and I talk a lot about this all throughout all of our talks and all of our podcasts, but this is the formula. This is the actual formula that we've got it to that we actually have on the NLU team dashboard. And I'll go through each step very, very quickly. Set an intention in parentheses, self-belief. Decide exactly what vision you intend to achieve. Simple. In great detail, by the way. Decide exactly what vision you intend to achieve. That's step one. Step two, pay attention. Prime your reticular activating system. Yes, Amy, RAS. To pick up on the persons, places, things, and ideas that are aligned with that intention. Okay, so for example, you set an intention to buy a Subaru. Now you notice Subarus everywhere that are for sale. Okay, the next one is actually strict alignment. This one's self-worth, and this is a brand new addition that we just added. 
having the courage to say no to all of the persons, places, things, and ideas that are outside of alignment with that intention. So when Kevin and I talked about self-worth, that's the one that we're really working on, which we just realized recently was messing with our formula. Next is strategize. Once you see an opportunity that's aligned with your intention, strategize about which is the best action with the highest probability of statistical success based on your current awareness. Now, if you've never built a car before and you have low awareness on cars, you're not going to be able to necessarily know if it's the right Subaru or not. You might have to take a, that's where the messy action comes in. Fail forward, buy a Subaru. If, if it's a lemon, make sure that you learn from that and then move forward. Get a warranty. Yeah. Or, or get insurance or a warranty or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Take action. Have courage and take messy action based on the strategy, even if you have uncertainty. The key is to be able to take action with uncertainty. Kevin was uncertain for the first 159 episodes of the podcast. Um, And by the way, Kev, when you were talking earlier about the old speech, I recently heard a clip of me at Top Notch Live. You could hear how scared I was in my voice, too. It's very hard to go back and listen to that, even though at the time I didn't think I was scared. But in comparison to now, I can very much clearly see that I was. All right, last two steps, learn from it. If you succeed in getting the desired outcome, great. That teaches you what works. If you didn't, also great. What didn't you know before that you can use to recalibrate your strategy and intuition for next time? Last but not least, consistency. We've already talked about it. With consistency, all things are possible. Without it, almost nothing is. You can't just do this process once, but rather over and over and over again. Success is a finite game within an infinite game. Keep the momentum at all costs. Boom. So that's the mathematical formula of how the universe works from my current understanding in order to actually achieve your goals. And it's interesting that this got asked because earlier today when I was driving home from the doctors and I was prepping in the doctor's office and kind of on the phone with Kevin in the car, I was thinking to myself, like, I think the manifestation formula is really what what is stopping people from achieving their goals is not understanding that formula. Can I just add one quick? Uh, understand that your relationships, if you go through and do plus minus or equal to. I think that's an important equation of like, we talk about the five buckets and this is an intrinsic value, but I'm on the phone with a potential podcast person who wants to start a show tomorrow. That person in terms of their podcast understanding is less than me. That's all. They just don't know as much as I do. Totally fine. When we get on the phone with Dave Meltzer, he knows more than us. So figure out where your pluses are, where your minuses are and who your equals are, and then lean into the pluses. Um, work with the minuses. That's the way to get your clients and mastermind with your equals. And I'll say one more thing real quick. So just so if anyone feels bad, whenever they get in a room with someone who has higher awareness, don't feel bad. Kevin and I said recently, I said, Kev, if you and I coached us one year into our podcast, we would have kicked our own ass for sure. Because we just, our awareness was so low in comparison. So there's nothing to be ashamed of here. Not knowing is actually the start of success. If you go learn. Great scene from Liar Liar when he says, I'm kicking my own ass. So <laughs> love that movie. All right, Kevin, this question is for you. What was the most challenging conversation you had to have to get out of your comfort zone and to make progress on your goals in hindsight? What was the belief you had to face that was holding you back? I would say two of them. One was a business conversation, and I'll I'll talk about it, with Alan. One was a life conversation with Taryn. Um, One of the hardest conversations I had with her early on was trying to paint the picture of what I think it will take to be successful based on what Alan has told me, (laughs) pretty much. So sitting down and saying like, hey, what is an acceptable, reasonable amount of travel? 
like Alan and I are going to have opportunities to speak around the world from what Alan is telling me. Again, I've, I've taken a lot of belief from Alan. What is an acceptable amount? Like we're going to have a family. We want to have kids. We want to have animals. What do we want to do? And we came to that understanding, but I think it's one of those things of one of the hardest talks we ever had out of my comfort zone was when Taryn said, I'm grateful you're not forcing me to be an entrepreneur because I would have to leave you if you did. And I said, I'm grateful that you're have never held podcasting or being a broke entrepreneur over my head because I would have to leave if you did. That was a very difficult conversation, but helped us understand each other at a deeper, deeper level. And then recently, we talked about this on the last live podcast when Alan sat down with me and said, hey, I feel like um, I have a fear right now that I'm outgrowing you and just getting the mirrors of like, okay, I haven't been leveling up as much as I want or as much as I've intended on or as much as I've wanted to in terms of leading by example. Um, I have faced many, many mirrors over the past four years. That was probably one of the hardest just because of the uncertainty of like, does Alan hate me? Is he going to smother me in my sleep? Like, is he going to leave? Is he going to go find somebody else to podcast with? Um, that was that was really, really hard. But I think that, let me, I just want to read real quick, made progress on your goals. It's not about the feedback. It's about what you do with it. And one of the the most beautiful things about feedback is it's a new indication of what's working or what's not. It's just, a, it's a sign that says like, hey, it's time for you to pivot. It's just time for you to make a change. So I think it's that understanding of like, this feedback is not final. It's not personal. Alan didn't want to bring it to me. Tara and I didn't want to have that conversation, but it's a necessary thing that is going to force me to get a new input that's going to create new outputs. And I know a lot of us run from that feedback, but I think if more of us had those hard mirrors from somebody who we know loves us, cares about us and has our best interest at hand, I think we'd make drastic, drastic progress in our lives. As long as you use it in the right way. It would be easy for me to say like, honestly, screw Alan. Like that's a that's an asshole thing to say, but that's not why he's saying it. He's saying it because he cares. Honestly, he's saying it because he cares enough to tell me the hard truth. And that sucks and it's difficult for both of us, but you know, now I'm on the up and up. And that's for what sure. matters the most. And it wasn't long after that he was asking me what book should I be reading? And again, it wasn't, it was from the frame of like, Kev, I don't want to outgrow you. Right. right. I, I don't, you know, and that's why we're having that conversation because I know where we're headed. I know what's going to be required of us. And I, I basically just want to add this one piece too. I said, Kev, like, I feel like you've given up on trying to be the next level version of yourself. It wasn't like, I want Kevin to be like me. You know, this is next level you, this isn't regular guy you. And so I think it's important to, to add that as well, just to provide context because Kevin, I don't want Kevin to be more like me. I want Kevin to be the best Kevin. It'd be really hard. I'd have to take probably a year, two years off the gym to be like you. And that's something <laughs> <laughs> that's something I just can't commit to. No, I'm just kidding. I know. But I appreciate whoever asked that question specifically to me. Thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. Proud of you for being so vulnerable on here, man. That's dude, you know, that's my job. Sorry, Amy, go ahead. Very good. Um, how do you transition from short-term thinking to long-term thinking? Identify when you're doing short-term thinking. Identify whether or not you're a short-term or a long-term thinker. And you won't know until you're around a long-term thinker. Mm. Um, if someone is very successful, they almost always are a long-term thinker or they have a lot of long-term thinkers in their corner. It took Apple 50 years to surpass Microsoft, but Apple was the most valuable company on the planet. And that's because of Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, you can go back and watch Bill Gates and Steve Jobs on YouTube. 
there's a video of them in the mid 80s and the early 90s of them pitching and catching for hours talking about everything that's happening right now. They didn't just let the future come. They created it because they were aware of it in advance. So um, how do you become, how do you switch from short-term thinking to long-term thinking? Identify when you're short-term thinking and get around long-term thinkers. Get around long-term thinkers as much as you possibly can. Hello, everyone. My name is Amy Lenius, and I am co-host of the Evolution of Mom podcast. I can't say enough about Kevin, Alan, and their entire team over at Next Level University. When Sharice and I decided to expand our influence to empower and help as many women as possible, we knew that these were the guys to call to make that dream a reality. Not only did they help us with every aspect of our podcast, they have both become mentors in every aspect of my life. If you are looking to level up your life in any way, shape, or form, you are absolutely in the right space. I look forward to seeing this beautiful community of growth-minded people that you guys have created expand, and I can't wait to see all the incredible value I know you're going to bring us in the future. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I would would second that. I think short-term thinking is a lot of scarcity. For me, short-term was scarce, long-term is abundance. So I think it, it starts internally too of like, if you're somebody who doesn't know, if you don't believe you're going to be successful, it's going to be very hard to be a long-term thinker. So I think also really lean into the belief muscle through messy action and failing forward. But I do believe you have to see somebody practice something you don't have to know it exists and in some way, shape or form. I know that's helped me a ton by seeing Alan. How do you identify what's holding you back? So I think the best way would be to ask somebody, ask somebody with a similar level of awareness or higher, what is the biggest bottleneck that you see for me right now and in my future and trust that they'll have a a valuable heart driven answer. Honestly, though, in a weird way, it's like, I kind of think we all have an idea deep down of what's really like in with our intuition, I think we know what's holding us back. And when you hear somebody say something that sits with you and resonates with you and you're like, oh, that hurt. That's probably the thing. Like Alan and I have been having some deep conversations about like certain things that we've both been afraid to lean into, but like, that's why we're not successful as successful as we could be. We are successful, which I'm grateful for, but it's us. Like, how do you identify what's holding you back? You ask yourself where you're Jeffing. Or you ask somebody else where you're Jeffing and then you dig because a lot of it is unconscious, subconscious junk that, that is holding you back and look for patterns, look for patterns in your past too. Uh, My only answer to that would be ask your intuition and then go out and study. So the first one is ask your intuition, like ask yourself, like Kevin said, but ask your intuition. Don't just ask yourself because your, your emotions might want to tell you a story that's fake. So if you say, to ask your intuition, like, where am, where, what is my biggest bottleneck right now? Your, your intuition will know an answer. And that's a good place to start. Remember the gold is buried where you don't want to dig. That's like a thing for sure. If you already knew you wouldn't have the bottleneck, right? So, and there's levels and layers to this second piece, learning, take courses. Like if you took our course, seriously, you would learn the places you're jeffing. The five C's is what the course is on. It's on clarity. It's on commitment. It's on consistency. It's on community. And it's on confidence. If if you have really low confidence, you're going to know that that was your issue when you take the course. And that's going to be a mirror. 
a lot of us don't want to look in the mirror when we're out of shape. It, this is the best analogy I have. When we're jeffing in the gym, when we're when we're letting ourselves down, we're, we're not taking fitness seriously, and then we stand naked in front of the mirror in, in terrible lighting, we feel terrible. It hurts. But that's the very thing you're going to have to do if you actually want to change. No one wants to see that Facebook photo where you're you're at a bad angle and you look terrible. Kevin and I literally just opened a group coaching page, and we were bulking back then. We were a little heavy. A little heavier back then. Again, it is thick what boys. it is. Thick, thick, yeah, thick boys. Uh, again, winter, bulk season. But here's the thing: look in the mirror. You just have to decide to look in the mirror, and you have to decide in advance. I'm gonna find my bottlenecks. You have to decide and then take action. Boom. Time, time for one more. Oh yeah, sure. What steps can I take to be a type four self belief slash self worth? Go ahead, Alan, on that. Yeah. So identify which one you are. Are you type one who has low self-belief and low self-worth? Are you a type two who has high self-belief but low self-worth? Or are you a type three who has high self-worth and entitlement but very low self-belief? Who's constantly convincing themselves that they're worthy even though they're not really doing a lot about it. Okay? Which one of those three are you? Once you know which one you are, you know what to go to work on. The person who has low self-belief and self-worth, you really, really, really need to start small and build. You're not going to be able to go set the world on fire. Like none of that. If you are the one with high self-belief and low self-worth, you most likely have to get away from people who are takers. You most likely have to admit to yourself who you really are and and realize that you're not going to fit in. You have to stop trying to fit in with people who don't have self-belief. One thing I will say, and I just want to be clear for anyone out there who does have high self-belief, it's rare. It's rare. And I've found this very consistently with my my clients who do have high self-belief. They struggle with belonging. They don't feel like they belong anywhere. And the reason why is because it's rare. There's not a lot of people who really believe in themselves. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, that dude just believed in anything. The dude is delusionally belief. Like, And he achieved a lot of it, most of it. Yeah. But like that wasn't normal. Like he got made fun of most of his career, you know, like you're going to be a governor. I remember even when I first heard of that, I'm like, what Arnold? He can't even talk. Right. Right. Uh, And again, nothing against Arnold. He just believes so much. Just understand you're going to be a weirdo. If you have high self-belief, you have to stop trying to fit in. You have to. Now, if self-worth is your uh, rather, if you have high self-worth and low self-belief, this is an entitlement one that I don't talk about a lot. You kind of have to in a weird way, you have to tie some of your self-esteem to external results. I wouldn't say that to most people, but I know some people who have very high self-worth with very, very low results. And it's like, sometimes I wonder, like, how does that person feel so good about themselves? It's like, honestly, they're, they're not exactly winning in any arena. They're really letting themselves go, like all that. So I would say if you do have high self-worth and low self-belief, what you need to do is start really creating some tangible results in the external world because eventually that self-worth will catch up to you. I know some people who have very high self-worth, but the compound effect really affects them. They end up with a lot of regret, a lot of regret. Because remember, if you have high self-worth and by default, you know it's not like you have to do a lot to get it. I'll just be honest here. One of the reasons Kevin's so hardworking is because he felt like he had to go do a lot in order to be worthy. For sure. Same with same with me. And we're overcoming that because that has its limitations. Like we're at a level in our life now where that's a limitation. But for a long time, that was a strength for sure. Mm. For sure. And so you got to be careful. So that's that's my answer. 
I think it's get around with the get around the kind of person who has what you want. Cause it's, I would hire a coach. If you have low self-belief, hire a coach who has high belief. Like they can help you with that. Um, when it comes to self-worth, that is like a purely, I just, in, that's internal of leaning into your own greatness and figure out why you're afraid of leaning into it. Um, I know that's a lot of conversations Alan and I have had, but get around somebody who has it. I, I just, for me, I didn't have either at the beginning. Genuinely, my belief was zero. And my self-worth was pretty close to, to zero. And it's something I've worked on by surrounding myself with people who have what I value. And then like checking in with like how Colorado was a huge thing for, for me um, in a different way for Alan. But like realizing that like I'm just as next level as most of the people in that room, if not more next level in certain arenas. And like that's going to build your belief when you start seeing that understand that in person does not lie. Like you ever heard the quote, and I know we're over here, but you ever heard somebody say like, don't ever meet your heroes in person because they'll, they'll only let you down. I think that's because a lot of people look really good on TV or they look really good in the recording studio or they look good on stage or on a podcast. But when you meet them in person, you see the totality of that person. Start meeting people that you look up to start, start meeting your competition. And I think that's a good way to build both of those things because you're going to look in the mirror of how far you've actually made it. And I know comparison's dangerous, but I would do that. Anything in closing? I think we're good, man. That was really, really powerful, honestly. I enjoyed this virtual. Amy, what do you think? Time to go? You think two thumbs up? Wow. I dig it. Not bad. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see below me, Amy, can you point down? Cause you're on the bottom of my screen. There you go. Um, group four just open for group coaching. Alan, just, just tell the people about it. All right. So this is a 90 day program, three months. We're going to put you on peak performance tracking with another group of nine other people. So 10 total all committed to their dreams, their goals really. But these goals are going to lean up into their dreams. If you want more clarity and more consistency in your life, this is the way we have so many people. We have 30 people who have gone through group coaching Many of them are actually one-on-one -on -one clients of ours now because this was a great dip your toe into coaching. If you're on the fence and you're like, what is this coaching thing? I don't really know if it's for me. I don't know. A one-on-one -on -one coach is kind of expensive. This is why we created this. You're going to be on a group of people. That, remember, think about when you were on a team when you were in high school or middle school or even college. Like The team is going to drive you more than you drive yourself. There's something about being on a team that all want to get to the next level where you're just going to do more. Social accountability is a thing. So again, if you're new to coaching, this is a great way to dip your toe in. It's $97 per month. It's very, very cheap. Three months, $97 per month. I think it comes out to 293 bucks or something like that. And it's very, very cheap. And I promise you that you will not regret it. We've actually had um, people, we told people that we would give you your money back if you don't like it. So again, if you don't like it within the first month, you can let Kevin or I know, and we will give you your money back. That's how confident we are in this. And it's like, think of it like this. It's, we just did a live podcast, but you would be here with us. You'd be able to ask questions. Alan and I have different lessons every week and we can completely customize it and cater it to what's going on to you and your goals and your pain points and your bottlenecks and all of that. Happy jazz. So yes, nextleveluniverse.com. Go sign up. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, as always, as always, as always, we do not have fans. We have family. Um, if you're listening to this, we will talk to you tomorrow. If you're watching this, we can still talk to you tomorrow because we have episodes all day or day. <laughs>
<laughs> Talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.